0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Practitioner's Podcast, where we're applying Jesus-style disciple-making to everyday life. This episode and all of our episodes are powered by Navigators Church Ministries, which focuses on helping churches make disciples who can make disciples. For more information, or to get connected, check out their website, navigatorschurchministries.org. Good afternoon,
1: Justin. Good afternoon, Tony.
0: It's a rainy day on the cusp of spring break here in centerville and i have a very random question for you okay favorite spring break of all time
1: favorite spring break of all time would have to be uh when i was in thailand and we took a trip to Grabi, which is one of a famous beach in thailand i mean just magnificently beautiful movies were filmed over there. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. How about you?
0: Oh, for me, mine is not nearly as cool as that. Um, A couple years ago for spring break, we went camping in Houston woods and camping at Houston woods is not very luxurious or fun. I mean, it was fun. I I just Mm -hmm. meant like extravagant, Um, but it was so cold that our family just had that like, shared experience in the pain of it all. Uh, our water froze one day. Like it was just, it was like one of those epic family memories. You know what I mean? It was like w- when my family gets yeah. together, we we talk about it as that kind of a- idea, you know?
1: That's fun. Now for our non-local listeners, Houston Woods is not in Texas.
0: It's not in Texas. No, you're right. Correct. It's in the Southern Miami Valley. It's honestly, it's about 45 minutes from, uh, from where we live. So it's, it's not far at all. It was, it was a good spring break because I still had some work I had to do, but, uh, we wanted to get the kids from being home all the time, which is if you're not going anywhere for spring break, that is the real challenge is your children are home the all time. And it's like, it's like the warning shot before summer comes.
1: Right. Right. That's awesome. Tony, that that was a good, that was a good random question. I love it.
0: Well, thank you. I put a lot of effort into it, a lot of planning, usually (laughs) one to two minutes before I hit record, we come up with a random question.
1: There you go. So Tony, today we are going to continue. We're talking about playing offense in disciple making. Last episode, we talked about playing defense. And so today we're talking about offense. And as you guys will remember from last episode, defense is when we are responding uh, to what the disciple is bringing to us or what the disciple is going through in their life, the offense, playing offense, is kind of the opposite of that. It is moving something towards the disciple, being proactive, uh, coming up with something that you want to develop in the disciple, and you're bringing that to them. It's something you've thought up, planned on, um, and are uh, moving forward. Uh, Because as you're moving towards that destination, you need some offense. You need to know where you're going and how you're going to get there.
0: Yeah, offensive disciple making is like uh, finding a play and executing it. And you and I are both big sports guys. And a lot of our listeners are sports people. Some aren't. But the, the deal is like in football, you drop a play to get to the common goal, a.k.a. the touchdown. And then you run the play. And it's very similar in offensive disciple making. And as we think about it, right, the intentional scale versus the relational scale, the offensive idea of a disciple maker is on the more intentional side, meaning that um, you're going to walk in, you're going to have a plan. and, And we're kind of assuming, right, that when we talk about it, that nothing's gone wrong. That's the defensive side. That's a skill. When we respond, we react. We move together, and so on the offensive side, it requires high intentionality, and you're going in with a specific purpose to draw something out. So um, I'm going to share one of my fake, you know, one of one of the ways that I do that in disciple making, and then Justin will share one of his. Um, I often believe that one of the most important things we can do in offensive disciple making is casting the vision of disciple making. Right, and so if, if I'm meeting with somebody on a regular basis, it's easy to lose the vision of spiritual reproduction, especially uh, because I'm so relational that it's really much easier for me to play defense than offense. So oftentimes I have to to kind of write out a plan to cast the vision of spiritual reproduction as a part of my offensive game plan, and I'll use scripture for example the uh, the The scripture where God tells Abraham that his spiritual descendants will outnumber the stars. One of my favorite um, visions of disciple making. I will bring that verse ready to go, ready to share, and I'll talk through it with my disciplee as a way to be offensive in spiritual reproduction. Justin, what about you? What's one of the ways that you stay um, ahead of the game on offensive disciple making?
1: Yeah. So when I think about offense, I'm thinking about what are the things I'm trying to build into this person that I'm discipling. Um, You know, you use the analogy of a play and sports for non sports people. We can think about it as, you know, if you are trying to get to a destination, uh, you need to know how you're going to get there, right? So you need, you don't just arrive there by accident, getting in your car and making random turns and uh, things like that. You need a plan for how you're going to get there. And so, for me, offense is really thinking through what are the the skills that need to be developed, the heart that needs to be developed. What's the foundation that I need to lay to help this person become a disciple maker, become someone who, first of all, is you know madly in love and developed intimacy with Jesus, uh, and then from there, how do we help them develop in helping others and loving others effectively, and so you know, it really depends for me on where is this person that I'm discipling, you know, at what uh, place in their spiritual development. We talked last season, and for those of you that just joined us this season, if you go back to season one, uh, episodes 21 to 23, we talk about the different phases in a disciple's development. And so if they're an infant disciple, I'd be doing things like foundation laying, right? So thinking about developing some core disciplines in their life, developing some assurances and things that they can really hold as bedrock in their faith. And so uh, that's kind of one phase, right? There's the child disciple, which I'm really trying to build commitment and discipline in their life. Young adult disciple, I'm really working on some of those things that you just talked about, ministry vision uh, and skills, like some, um, some tools and things like that that they can share. And then as we grow and um, progress almost towards maturity or at mature- maturity, we're looking at alignment in terms of character and application. And so really depends on where they're at in terms of what I'm doing and the, the plays that I'm running or the, the turns, uh, if we use the other analogy, the turns that I'm trying to make in that relationship to get us where we're trying to go, um, a mature disciple maker.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I think is important is, and I hear this all the time from disciple makers, that they're not sure what to do next. And so this can be a really hard thing. And I'm interested in in just a moment to get your thoughts, Justin. I I would share that I almost always start with the wheel, right? So when I'm working with someone and we've talked about the wheel on a recent episode, what I'll do is I'll number them as I take them through the wheel, uh, the different spokes, I'll number them one to four that one to four kind of becomes uh, the playbook that I'm going to run for the amount of time required to accomplish the task. So here's an example, because I know that can kind of seem ambiguous. The example is if the number one thing is scripture, they're struggling with right on a list from one to four, when you're doing the wheel, the number one thing that you're struggling with is scripture. I may stay in scripture for two or three weeks And I'll use some of the tools, like we'll read some scripture together, we'll set a SMART goal around scripture, we may do um, some scripture reading and intentional kind of um, discussion around it in our time together, and I'm going to stay on scripture until they go back to the wheel, and that's not as difficult as it was before, right? So then maybe scripture moves down to like, hey, that's my third um, worst, and now the, my first verse is prayer. So then I'll go to prayer, right? And I'll just kind of go through the numbers, one, two, three, four, one being uh, the worst and four being the best that they're at. And I'll use that as a way to develop a plan. Now, because we believe in intentional and relational disciple making, what we don't want to do when it comes to offensive disciple making is you don't want to lock in a playbook uh, long term that you have to use all the time, a.k.a. Uh, you don't want to pick up a book and be like hey we're going to do a chapter a week whether you understand the chapter or not and oh by the way you're going to like it right like and mm-hmm. and I know some disciple makers want to do that because it's easier but offensive disciple making is uh, intentional and relational so i always encourage people to spend as much time there as necessary until the person that you're working with understand it we're 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 striving for understanding not just for acceptance.
1: Yeah, Tony, that's so good because we're not, even in that, right? We're tr- we're striving for understanding towards application, right? And so a lot of times people will, um, instead of developing their own offensive plan or their offensive playbook, they will default to somebody who they don't know and who doesn't know the person they're discipling. And they'll say, oh, well, I'll just use this playbook. Like you said, just find a book and move through it chapter by chapter And that it's not that it's totally ineffective, because sometimes there is some growth that happens out of that. But to me, it's almost the difference between, you know, plopping down in some lecture hall, uh, where a professor is, you know, pontificating about some specific subject that, you know, he's an expert, he knows what he's talking about. But at the same time, you could do that, or you could have um, a personal tutor to focus on what you need, right? And And in terms of a disciple maker, that's really what we can provide for a disciple is no, I'm going to look into your life. I'm going to walk beside you. I'm going to engage you where you're at. And we're going to, through my, as a disciple maker, through my experience with God and my experience in growing towards maturity, I'm going to draw on all those things and bring something to you that will help you and that's tailored specifically for you to grow from where you're at to that next step towards maturity. And so that's why I'm often, you know, one one of my um, things I'm really passionate about is when we disciple, we should disciple out of who we are, out of the word of God, the spirit of God and his movement in our life, not just become a book jockey where we're putting books in front of the person we're discipling and hoping that that's going to get them where we need them to go. Because most often it doesn't, and we lose tons of momentum and tons of motivation on the other side uh, with that disciple when all we're doing is moving through curriculum or books.
0: Yeah, well, and I think one of the one of the places that we see this really well done in Scripture is when Jesus sends out the disciples. So he's being very intentional. He sends them out. Uh, he tells them, "Hey, if you're not welcomed anywhere, shake the dust off your feet." And then he brings them back together. So this is what I would call an offensive play by Jesus. Now, I'm not sure he would use that language, but for for the thought of disciple making, he was super intentional in sending them out because what he's trying to do is prepare them for a time when he's not going to be there. Right. So Mm -hmm. you can't get to Matthew 28 unless Jesus sends out the disciples first. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this is kind of the idea. Hey, I'm sending you out. I want you to come back. We're going to talk about it. And then I'll send you out for real in Matthew 28 when I'm no longer with you. I mean, when I'm on earth, surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age, He says in Matthew 28. But this idea, right? This is an offensive play by Jesus, making sure that the disciples are prepared for the um, for the per- persecution that they're going to receive later on in their ministry, right? So this is about getting good reps, This is about making sure that the disciples are ready. Now, this is important, right? Because as a disciple maker, it's not our job to make sure that we're ready. It's our job to make sure that the person we're discipling is ready. So if if we think about offensive disciple making, um, it's offensive for the other person, right? I'm trying to get that other person ready to make disciples who can make disciples. This is the reproduction part. So it's not just about like, hey, I need to make sure... Like if I was discipling Justin, for example, it's not just about making sure that Justin is k- reading scripture. That's part of it, but it's making sure that Justin is reading scripture so that Justin can teach someone else to read scripture, right? Mm-hmm. And so, is it is it a pass onable? Is it a tool? Is it something that he can use and grow with forever and ever? Does that does that make sense? That's kind of a, a kind of a big topic.
1: Yeah, it's that next step, right? So it's not enough for the person you're discipling to do something. That's the step towards them being able to help somebody else do it. And so a lot of times disciple making fails or it fails to reproduce because the discipler hasn't uh, been intentional in developing that in the person they're discipling. So asking the question, oh, hey, I noticed that now you're in the word every day. And, you know, maybe six months ago you weren't. Um, How might you help somebody else get to that place? How would you explain it? How would you uh, take them into the word and show them the importance of that? How would you talk about the difference between what it's done in your life now versus when you weren't doing that, right? And so that example of Jesus sending them out, it's that development process. And so what Jesus was clearly doing, he wasn't just explaining something for their understanding. He was helping them become something, right? And so it's not enough to know. It's what we have to do is continue to move towards, not only in ourselves, but those we are discipling, continue to move towards becoming like Jesus, not just knowing like Jesus knew.
0: Yeah. And one of the things we're going to talk about in our next episode is the disciple-making scale, like how quickly disciple-making scales. I would say that it scales and we'll talk about this again more next week, but it scales at our ability to be intentionally um, minded, right? To be an offensive disciple maker. So if we want to create a culture that says, Hey, not only do I want you to know the material, but I want you to know the material well enough so you can share the material, then that makes a huge difference. And I'm just going to throw this in here because I think it's really important for church leaders. Oftentimes in previous church cultures, we taught people how to come to church, right? And we, we didn't even, uh, we never taught people how to follow Jesus fully. I won't say never, that's an overstatement, but we rarely taught people how to follow Jesus. Offensive disciple making is teaching them how to follow Jesus to the extent that they could teach it to someone else. This is the essence of spiritual reproduction and building the kingdom of God in your city. And so if if you want to make sure that your church is growing pastors, make sure that you have an intentional plan to make disciples who can make disciples.
1: Yeah, that's so good, Tony. And the other thing we should mention is a lot of times offense doesn't happen because it's easier just to sit back and play defense it's easier just to sit back and play defense because I can walk into a meeting and just sit back and and wait for what comes to me. But in offense, I have to be prepared. I have to plan beforehand. I have to think beforehand. What am I going to do? How am I going to move these things forward in this disciple's life? What questions do I need to ask? What skills am I trying to develop? What tools do I want to pass on? right? And so it's all those things that require some intentionality and some thought and some preparation before you're in the meeting uh, that defense doesn't require. And so for uh, disciple makers out there, if you are finding that your disciple making relationships are feeling stagnant, that the person you're discipling isn't growing or moving uh, in the direction that you want them to, or at the pace that you want them to, you might think about, well, how well am I actually playing offense in this relationship? Mm -hmm. Or am I just showing up and being responsive and and being more of a defensive disciple maker?
0: I love it. I love it. And, you know, our hope with this kind of series where we do offense and defense is to cause some um, intentional thought about how you enter into these relationships so that um, you're successful. Because disciple making is... Can be hard, it can be arduous, and a good plan and good skills, offense and defense, go a long way to help you make disciples who can make disciples. Justin, will you give us our takeaway and action step?
1: Yeah, so our takeaway today is skilled disciple makers have the vision, the intentionality, and the tools to play offense. Skilled disciple makers have the vision, the intentionality, and the tools to play offense. And our action step, draw up a play and run it with the person that you are discipling. Hey, everybody, we're really excited that you're continuing to tune in. We love hanging out with you guys. We love sharing about disciple making with you guys. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button, hit the share button, leave a rating or review on iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you guys next week.